0: Today, we have about 30 customers, um, and on average, we earn about $375,000 per plan that we cover, and uh, services revenue and about 275000 in SaaS revenue. So we have both a services model and a SaaS model.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jay Ackerman. He's the CEO and president of a company called Revolier. In his role, he's responsible for fostering product innovation, accelerating business growth, and scaling operations to propel the company's impact for health plans. They're a SaaS platform focused on value-based care. All right, Jay, you ready to take us to the top?
0: Yeah, for sure, Nathan. Let's do it.
1: So what does that mean? What's value-based care?
0: Yeah, so um, as you've probably been hearing a lot in the news, there's been a shift from from fee, uh, uh, you know, uh, fee for service. You know, with a health plan, you go in and see a doctor, they'll charge you a fee whether or not they actually take care of your ailment. And so the government's been pushing for value-based care, trying to ensure that providers, doctors, hospitals, and the health plans are working to ensure that members get healthy and stay healthy. And so we play a part in uh, in supporting that.
1: Okay. So, and so what does the platform look like and who's buying? It's the hospital, the patient too.
0: Yeah, perfect. So uh, we have a cloud application that's uh, used by government-sponsored health plans. So that would be health plans that are participating in Medicare, Medicaid, uh, ACA, or kind of affectionately known as Obamacare. And they use our platform to engage with providers, uh, doctor offices, health systems, and hospitals to capture critical information on members to make sure that they can demonstrate to the government that they are doing their part to ensure that their members Receive proper care, stay healthy, and they ensure a balanced set of members.
1: So, Jay, who who is they though? Is it is it literally the hospital down the street here, or is it somebody else?
0: Oh well, so our our customer is specifically it's a health plan. Uh, health plan, so national health plans like uh, Anthem, uh, United are are people that we target or our customers down to uh, regional health plans and local local plans that might be in your city or
1: your local market. Got it. That's helpful. Okay, good. So they're paying you. And how do you set up, like, what do you price based off number of patients, qu- you know, quality yeah. care seats? Yeah, so
0: perfect. We, um, we have a couple of different pricing arrangements. Some are what I would consider kind of typical enterprise agreements where they can use it um, as much as they want, as broadly as they want. But our typical pricing model is based on what we call a chase, which is affectionately uh, effectively the, um, the particular member that they're trying to capture information on. So we will know upfront how many members they're trying to capture information for over a given year, uh, over a given year. And then we set pricing around that. So we have kind of a per unit, uh, pricing model.
1: What does that mean though? So Anthem comes to you, you close them. They say, Hey, listen, Jay, we want to capture information on 10,000 members, members of what, and how do they get the information?
0: Yeah. So they'll say, Hey, we, um, In the area of risk adjustment, we want to go out and capture records on 50,000 members that sit across five states.
1: What are members, though? That's what I don't understand. Oh, sorry.
0: Member, like you consider that member would be uh, a patient, right? It would be somebody who is insured
1: by that health plan. Okay, someone insured by Anthem. Yes. Why don't they already have all the data on that person? They're already a customer of Anthem.
0: Well, so, um, I mean, you hear a lot about this, like the interoperability within healthcare and systems that don't speak. So... Doctor offices, uh, hospitals, they have lots of information sitting on each of the individuals that walk into their building to receive care. And that information is not shared very well back to the health plan.
1: Okay, got it. So they are Anthem is using your technology to get more information on their own patients.
0: Uh, Yes, on the members that they insure.
1: Yeah, which would. Yeah got yeah, it. They don't
0: they don't think of them as their patients, right? They think of them Insured as the members. members.
1: Yeah. Okay, very good. That's helpful to understand. And then so help me understand on average what what is no obviously don't talk about Anthem's actual contract, but on average what are these companies going to pay you per year to use the tech?
0: Yeah, so today we have about 30 customers um and on average we <laughs> earn about $375,000 per plan that we cover um uh, and and um uh, services revenue and about 275000 in SaaS revenue. So we have both a services model and a SaaS model.
1: Okay, so, so uh, uh, one of these 30 customers like Anthem would pay you on the SaaS side about $275,000 per year on average to use the tech.
0: Yeah, and that number for us has uh, uh, been going up uh, pretty, pretty significantly year on year.
1: Yep. And that's okay. So that comes out about $23,000 per month across those 30, those 30 customers. Now, if I multiply those 30 customers times 22 grand a month, I mean, that puts you at what is that like 680 grand a month in revenue? Just on SAS? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, just on SAS. That's probably that's a good number.
1: Okay, I mean, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that would mean you guys are running essentially an $8 million ARR, right? Run right SAS company. And then you've got another 30% juice on top of another 2 million or 3 million on setup fees, professional services. Yeah. Perfect. You, your numbers tie up. Great. Sweet. That's great. Okay. So that's the company. Now you, you mentioned this has been expanding over time. So take me back to day one. when did you launch the company? What year?
0: Yeah. So, uh, well, there's probably two day one. So <laughs> I, I, I joined the company in 2016. I'm not the founder. I got uh, hired by our investors to take a business that they had a lot of faith in, um, where they thought they needed somebody who had more scaling experience. So I jumped in in mid-16. And so there's kind of the chapter that's been written from 16 onward. But the company was actually launched back in 2009 more as a professional services business that started to morph into a software company. Uh, So the company's been around a while, but. But I like to think about kind of what's been happening over the last three years.
1: Between 2009 and 2016, how much company did the capital raise before you came? Uh, close to eight million dollars. Eight million raised, and how much total today raised? Uh, just under eighteen. Okay, why did you have to raise an extra ten? Why couldn't you come in and fix stuff and get cash flow pumping yeah. and not have to take extra dilution?
0: Yeah, so um, you know we, we're solving a big problem. Uh, we're solving a complicated problem. Working with health plans require technology that is highly secure. Uh, and I would say the other part is we um, to support the health plans and to solve a problem across the area called quality and risk adjustment are effectively while they're like products, they're different products. And so from a product development standpoint requires a lot more capital.
1: Got it. OK, so I assume obviously you raise additional capital. Now you're burning capital to drive growth. Is that accurate or are you cash flow positive?
0: Uh, we will end the year, uh, cash flow positive.
1: Okay. That's great. Today though, like last month, are we talking burning like a million a month or a hundred grand a month or how close to you? Oh
0: no. Yeah. I think we've been really great stewards of capital. So we're, we're burning about a
1: hundred grand a month. Oh, that's not, okay. That's not bad at all. And what's your team size team size. We've got, uh, today about 80 people full time. Okay. How many engineers? Uh, 15 engineers, 50, you know, all these numbers you've listened to the podcast before, haven't you?
0: Yeah. Well, look, like anybody who's worked with me, know I'm a numbers guy. So uh,
1: <laughs> I like <laughs> it r- I, right up my alley. I like you when I interview another numbers guy. That's good. Or gal. All right. So 15 engineers. And at this price point, I imagine you have serious kind of field sales operations. How many quota carrying sales reps?
0: Yeah. So we actually have a small team, but we're expanding it. We have two quota carrying reps, uh, but our sales leader also effectively carries quota as as, uh, as does effectively anybody at the senior team, right? We all kind of play a part.
1: Well So Jay, 80 people full-time, 15 are engineers, two are quota-carrying reps. Who are the other 60 people?
0: Yeah, so, all right, yeah. So those, um, we've got, on the product side, we've got a team of six. Um, and then our operations team, we've got about 50 people now. So, you know, we talked about the 10 million revenue. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have business under contract to have that number be about 70% higher next year. And so the 50 and ops are effectively supporting that new growth that's already been sold. What is
1: an op? I don't understand what that means in your space. What does an op mean?
0: Uh, uh, So our operations team, so when I talk about, you know, we have to capture information on behalf of a health plan and, and look like, you know, from a standpoint of like our business, we're trying to disrupt a tech enabled services model that's really heavy with people. And so our competition will, reach out with, um, they'll have people calling provider offices, a doctor to request a medical record to be sent in on a member. That information has to come in and be reviewed to make sure that it matches the member that they're seeking. They'll then attach it into the system, then it gets reviewed by a certified coder or, or abstractor. And we're trying to continually take out that layer of work and try to automate it. And so right now our team of our operations team is about 50. And those are the 50 people who call on providers to get the record and review the record and attach it into the system.
1: So I imagine if your operators do a good job onboarding new customers, you see great expansion revenue. So if you look over the past 12 months, let's peel back that onion. What was gross revenue churn over the past 12 months?
0: Uh, So gross revenue churn, we were about uh, 90% gross. uh, 90% retention on a gross basis.
1: Okay, so 10% gross revenue churn. And then how much expansion on that same cohort? Uh,
0: 150%.
1: Okay, so just to be clear, the customers you had, ignoring new customers over the past 12 months, just yep. the customers you had from exactly a year ago, 10% of their revenue churn, but that same cohort of customers you upsold 150% of their revenue. Is that accurate? Uh, that's accurate. That's great. Okay. I mean, so that's obviously, I mean, that's like 240% net revenue retention. Uh, I would put that definitely in world-class the question is, can you do that at scale?
0: Yeah. So we think we can. And, and, you know, we look at the 90% um, retention and, and I would say that that's not something we're, we're satisfied with. And, and so we think from an improvement standpoint, we can drive that up towards 95 through some improvements in product, additional capacity in our customer success team, Um, and then just maturing kind of uh, how we sign up customers and making sure that we have the right fit on the front end and we've appropriately identified the solution.
1: Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well, and 24/7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off, along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, but you gotta do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. 30 customers at $225,000 a year or $23,000 a month puts you again right now at about $700,000 per month in just SaaS revenue. What was just the SaaS revenue about a year ago? Do you remember? Yeah. So a year ago, it was uh, maybe 2 million. Okay. Got it. So about 160,000 up to 100, basically 160,000 up to 700,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Okay, good. So basically what you're telling me then is if you had 100, uh, sorry, 150% expansion on the 160,000, you had exactly a year ago, right? So that takes you up to about 350,000. The rest of the the rest of the new revenue growth, the other 350,000 basically came from new customer additions. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. So how many customers did you add over the past 12 months?
0: Uh, we've added uh, half a dozen customers.
1: Half a dozen, six, okay. Interesting, that's, I mean, again, really, really, really nice story there. So six new customers, and how are you getting these customers, is field sales, knocking on doors?
0: Yeah, so we have uh, a field team out there. I mean, the, the, the beauty of our market is it's easy to identify all the customers that we can sell to. There are effectively 2,000 health plans across the country that participate in Medicare Medicaid and uh, the commercial exchange. So we take an account-based marketing approach for the the top players, and then we work through um, various sales campaigns with integrated email campaigns, um, blogs. We have our own podcast, um, and we try to weave those together and tie them into some uh, important trade shows that take place throughout the year to bring customers to us and make sure that they know who we are and what we're about.
1: So, when you add all these things together to get these six new customers, what do you put your fully weighted customer acquisition cost at for a new three hundred thousand dollar year plan?
0: Yeah, so um, our actually customer acquisition cost is is pretty low, um, and it's probably low because we we have would we, like to invest more, but I would say our cust- fully loaded customer acquisition costs with all of sales, all of marketing. Uh, commissions in there, trade shows uh, about trade shows about 25 percent
1: of of first year ACV or of your total of, revenue of first year uh, ACB got it. so twenty five percent of three hundred thousand bucks would be you're spending about seventy five thousand dollars to get a new three hundred thousand dollar customer
0: yeah and and I would say for, as we look into next year, we're looking to expand uh, our customer acquisition cost.
1: yeah what um I mean, it sounds like you're a pretty capital efficient business. are you looking at raising capital right now?
0: Uh, yeah, we're in the final stages of a capital raise process.
1: That's great. I mentioned, I know you said you're, you're announcing this Friday. This will be out obviously by then. So how much, how much are you raising?
0: Uh, so it's, it's still a little bit in flux, but, um, but we're expecting to raise, uh, close to $10 million.
1: And why do you need to raise 10 million bucks with such healthy unit economics? 240% expansion, three month payback period. You don't have a cash gap.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we think there's an opportunity to build a really significant business and, um, And we're, we have, um, when I came in 16 and 17, we were playing uh, kind of defensive, uh, a defensive game, shoring up the foundation of the company. And now we've got a lot of momentum behind us and we want to be much more aggressive. And we think there's an opportunity to, to, to move faster. And, um, and one of the, you know, with the new investors we're bringing on, we have a lot of support to, to build something large, uh, and impactful in the healthcare space.
1: Jay, what percent of the company do you think you'll have to sell to get 10 million, you know, new dollars into the company? Are we talking like 10%, 20% of the company?
0: Uh, you know, so typical kind of like I look at it, typical cap raise kind of, you know, 20, 20,
1: 30%. Okay. Got it. So you're looking at getting like a $50 million pre-money valuation, 60 million post money, something like that. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, that's close. And do you feel like that's fair with 8 million in terms of true ARR annual? You're looking at about a five, six X ARR multiple.
0: Uh, it depends on, you know, it depends on the day, but, uh, you know, we wouldn't be taking that money in if we didn't think we had the right, um, you know, the right valuation and the right relationship.
1: How'd the firm incentivize you in 2016 to join the company? You're a guy, you look healthy. You can do anything you want, right? It's not your baby. I assume they have to give you a significant portion of equity to get you to come in. Correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, I probably asked my wife that question, but um, you know, I I uh, I was an executive in a publicly traded company, and um, I really want. uh, I was uh, most recently Guidance Software, which is in the endpoint security space. I was chief revenue officer. Um, I I wanted to take the opportunity. I wanted the opportunity to lead a company. I thought that was a good fit here with what uh, Revelier was up to. And was happy to take a really significant cut in, in W-2 compensation for equity. And so, um, you know, with our, our key investors, Upfront Ventures, uh, uh, you know, key player in Southern California. And we worked to ensure my, m- you know, my stake was aligned with theirs. So, you know, heavily equity-laden, you know, relationship.
1: More You got more or less than 20% of the company?
0: Oh, less than that.
1: Less, more than 10
0: um, you know, that's close.
1: Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking you is this, if you sell 20% of the company, let's say you, let's just make the math easy. Let's say you had 10% of the company right now. I mean, you're taking a 2% cut right on the, on the, on that dilution. I mean, there are so many ways you're doing about 10 million a year right now in revenue total. When you add your SaaS plus your professional services, why not go use non-dilutive debts you save personally for yourself being self-interested. Do you save your 2%? Yeah.
0: So we're, um, uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think the, uh, the 2%, um, the twenty percent, you know, haircut for me or for members of my team, I think we're willing to do that. With the investor set we're bringing on, who uh, we're bringing on, a key investor that knows our space extremely well, um, and I think can play a significant role in how we scale. Uh, and then on the, you know, the topic of venture debt, um, we are um, we do have venture debt. Um, we have uh, a term loan, and we're also um, we will have an AR line going forward. Ah, uh, to support the cash flow needs of the business.
1: Who did you get the term loan from? Was it an SVB deal? Uh,
0: we we are current SVB bankers. Yeah.
1: But did you get uh, a term loan? I mean, you can bank with SVB and not have a term loan. Yeah, yeah. With so them. we have
0: a term. Sorry, we have a term loan with them, and and with our cap raise process, we're also evaluating some other options beyond SVB. But uh, currently, we have a term loan with SVB.
1: And those are that's kind of your typical rates, somewhere between three and six percent, twenty to fifty bips of warrant coverage, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right in that line.
1: Yeah. And why would you yeah. look at moving away from SVB? Have you found cheaper capital?
0: Uh, we are finding, yes, yeah, we're finding cheaper capital. Um, and I think our story is appealing to some of the banks we're talking to and they're being pretty aggressive in how they're looking at us.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, when you analyze the cost of capital, is it strictly just looking at, can we get cheaper than a three to 6% interest rate?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, it's, that's part of it, but also making sure that we're building a relationship as we think about some inorganic opportunities out there that, that we have a potential lender that, um, you know, can support us with that.
1: I'm not quite sure. I know what that means. So, um, I mean, I guess the reason I'm being, the reason I'm being curious here is because if you found cut capital, that's cheaper than three to 6%. I want to know about it. Cause everyone will go to no, no, like,
0: no. So I, I mean, on the term loan, um, you know, they're all kind of in and around the same spot. Um, okay, but we're, um, uh, you know, we are looking at some acquisition opportunities and, and would like to f- finance that in part with debt. And we want to make sure we have uh, a banking partner that's, you know, kind of, you know, at our, at our side on those opportunities.
1: Okay. So let's do that. If you were going to raise capital to help, to help essentially put up some debt in, in an acquisition where you maybe only have to put it, let's say you're going to buy a company for 5 million bucks. You only have to put up a yep. million. You use debt to put up 4 million. What facility would you do that under? What you said, an you do it under kind of an AR advance versus something else?
0: Uh, no, I think, I think we would, um, I mean, so we have the equity coming in and we'd probably bounce out with additional,
1: uh, term loan. Okay. Have you found, so very rarely will SVB or uh, basically these debts, if you're getting a three to 6% interest rate, because the, these banks are making so little on it, they always are going to be, want to be senior position. It's very hard to stack term loans without doing a refi. So is that what you're looking to do is actually a refi to something that can give you a bigger term loan than SVB? Yes. Yes. Oh, I see. So you're not looking to get someone to sub SVB, you're looking to refi and get a bigger line.
0: Absolutely, sorry.
1: I see, got it. Okay, very good, very good. Well, we'll look for that news, that'll be exciting. Um, On that note, Jay, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what is your favorite business book?
0: Um, You know, my favorite business book would probably be um, uh, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Uh, Although I'm reading, uh, right now I'm reading um, The Founder, uh, which is also a great book.
1: Very good. Number two, is there a CEO uh, who you're following or studying?
0: Yeah, so uh, timely one with uh, John Donahoe, who just stepped into the Nike CEO position yesterday, leaving service now.
1: Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company?
0: You know, uh, since I'm kind of a, a market facing leader, I would probably have to say HubSpot. So I I look into the app every day to see our sales team is doing and building pipeline and and uh, drive an activity with prospects.
1: Jay, number four, how many hours does he begin every night?
0: Uh, target seven, but, uh, not often hitting it. So I'm about six and a half.
1: Okay. You mentioned a wife earlier. So it sounds like married. How many kids?
0: Yeah. Married, uh, two boys,
1: two boys. And how old are you? I'm 52, 52. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
0: Yeah. So it's a, that's a good one because my oldest boy is 16. So he's approaching that age pretty fast. (laughs) I I think, uh, probably three things, probably one, find a great mentor, uh, Two, don't be afraid to join a large company early on. They can provide great opportunities to learn and develop. Uh, and the last one, I'd say manage your cost structure. Um, if you want to take the leap, start a company, be an entrepreneur. It is really hard to peel back costs after they've kind of you know crept into your life.
1: Guys, Revelier is helping folks like Anthem get more information on the clients and patients that they ensure. They're doing that, again, via Jay's tool. He stepped in in 2016 after the company had already raised about eight million bucks. Today, raised about $18 million and looking to raise another 10 uh, right about now to fund some acquisitions and do some other things. They're burning about $100,000 per month right now. 80, 80 people on the team, 15 engineers, two quota-carrying sales reps. Really impressive economics here. 10% gross revenue churn annually. 150%, you heard that right, 150% expansion uh, revenue. So call it 240% net revenue retention payback period, only three months. So healthy economics, again, 30 customers paying about $300,000 per year, where about uh, 8 million in ARR is pure ARR and another 2 million is professional services on top of that. Jay, thanks for taking us to the top.
0: Yeah. Hey, Nathan, this was great. Thanks for your time.